On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, we talk GSM versus CDMA, where LTE still falls on the proverbial spectrum, international variances in 5G support, and even Li-Fi. First up, uh, something we should have mentioned yesterday, actually, but this is our last week of shows for the year. Uh, We're bringing the 2019 season to a close this week. Uh, On Thursday will be the final episode, uh, and at that point, we're on a bit of an abbreviated break. Uh, Some of it is for, you know, state holiday is mandated by work. A lot of us are traveling to see family in extended places. Uh, And then, of course, we'll be back. On January 5th is the first day of broadcast, Roger. Help me. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back for uh, 6th, I believe. Consumer right? Electronics Show, CES in Vegas. Either way, we're going to be on site there for an extended time. Um, and then we'll do probably, what, three shows from the stage there, Roger? The I think we're actually doing four. We're, we're adding a show this year. We're, oh, I think good we're going to go God. media. We're going to do uh, Media Day. So we're starting Monday, running through Thursday. All right. Well, that's good news because that's going to keep us busy. But yeah, <laughs> we're going to be off until January 5th. So everybody, enjoy your holidays. Uh, we'll remind you once again before everything shuts down this week. Uh, and in the meantime, let's go ahead and shout out or bonjour to Stuart in Paris. And uh, Eric is out there road warrioring, t- warrioring today, so please be safe on the road, and please don't pay too close attention to us. Um, I would advise maybe shutting off the show altogether, because we can be quite the distraction. Uh, Goddamn Gonzo's got the first really good comment on love today's it. show. Love that name. <laughs> yeah, me too. Personally, I think there is no point for these carriers to release 5G when there are barely any products out there that use 5G. And I want to tack on there that 5G they rolled out, as you have hammered into the ground, is Kind of not really 5G. Uh, is this all just stupid publicity? And where should they have directed their efforts, Roger? Uh, well, I mean, it's foundational. I, you it's, you can't just turn on a new network. You have to build to it. Yes, but it, I think it's it's a mix of the two, right? It's foundational in the respect that they they do have to build. They they do need to take these baby steps to make sure this network works for the broader you know consumer. Um, but I think that there were a lot of missteps in terms of the way they hyped this technology. Like it was all too much. Like they talked about all these grand things, the the kind of uh, game changing things that 5G would enable. And, and sort of like the, the sort of sub clause there is, oh, in like five or six years, mm-hmm. as opposed to like, this is all happening now, right? Like, so it's, uh, and part of the issue is like the way, it's also part of our coverage. Like I'll be perfectly frank. And like the industry, the press industry's uh, coverage of it, you know, we, we talk about how 5G has the ability to go 10 to 100 times faster than, you know, 4G, which is true, but at least this year like there are just massive caveats with that, right? Like you can get that you can get that 100 times speed, but you got to stand at the right block, right? City block and it's it hasn't been great. So I, I get that like the carriers had to build up the network. There are devices out there. They're they're generally overly expensive and really not a great investment. Um, but they also needed those devices to be out there. They needed people to buy them and basically be guinea pigs for the maturation of the 5G network. So I feel like that part's necessary, but the way they marketed and the way they pitched it, the industry pitched it, um, might have gotten a little ahead of itself. Yeah, I agree with that. But And I especially agree with your statement that, you know, they they do need people to start using these things so they can fine-tune it, which is a really yeah. awful thing to say because totally. you don't want to pay... $1,300 to be a guinea pig. Which is exactly what tester. you are, though. But yeah. at the same point down, the people who are paying $1,300 are more than happy right. to be the beta tester they could, because they, they get probably, to say they have 5G first. They could probably afford it. I don't know. if do, do you think consumers, like those early adopters, buy these phones because they can, just because they can say they have 5G or do they actually genuinely believe that like 
this is going to change my experience. Because I, I think there's a mix. Some folks are probably spending that amount. And I assume most people who do have the, the money for it, the means to do this. But um, it's, yeah, I don't know if people like, and I think we were asked this before, like Alfred asked this question, like who actually goes around saying like, hey, I've got, I've got the 5G on my phone. There are a ton of people who like to be the first with something new. Right. I right. mean, we saw that with the iPhone back in 2007, if we want to go back to the last decade. I mean, I would argue if you were one of the first to have an iPhone, that was actually a pretty impressive thing because you could pull it out. It was tangible. I mean, like I was one of the first to have a five, uh, an iPhone and um, that was still the one and only phone that, you know, like got girls to talk to me. I mean, I never actually like sealed the deal because I'm just, you know, I'm a giant loser. But uh, like that was, there was an tangible aspect to that phone where like, oh, wow, you have the new iPhone. There was a buzz about it. And like, you can actually see and feel it. Whereas 5G is so much more, it's literally just an icon on your phone, right? And half the people, like uh, half AT&T customers think they already have 5G. They're not even impressed with your real 5G phone because they've got 5G. Yeah, no, there's definitely, there's definitely going to need to be some kind of marketing switch Next year, and the carriers are aren't shy when it comes to marketing. No, no, as I, evidenced by AT and T and five G. You had a nice breakdown of like the, all the different five G terms on your five G decoded piece, right? The, the, like they're literally like half a dozen different ways to call five G five G. Everybody has a different name for it. Yeah, everybody has a different experience for it. Yep. Whether that some have multiple names. Yeah, AT and T's got three: five G E, five G, and five G plus. Shocking, coming from the company who's got like fourteen streaming services. So, yes. Yeah. All with the same name. All called AT&T TV <laughs> in some way. And HBO Max. Right. Because right. why not? Sure. What Next. else we got, Brian? Oh, well, of course, we got a good one from Matthew Datcher. He says, how does 5G in the U.S. compare to what's going on in Japan? Ooh, good question. Uh, I believe Japan's using mid-band spectrum, They're, right? Most of the world is using sub-6. Yeah. So mid-band. And some low. I, I don't some, think, low, I don't think, I don't anyone think anyone really is using low band, which is under one gigahertz. Right. So um, they're basically they're all using the same kind of spectrum that Sprint is using. So Sprint is like they're basically in line with what the rest of the world is doing. Right. Which is kind of a weird thing to say. Like Sprint's actually ahead of like the other U.S. carriers, which is the exact opposite of what it was with 4G when they were right. trying where to do like WiMAX, yeah, which was a technology that failed and LTE took and over. That that kind of sub six, that mid band spectrum that Eli's talking about, that's sort of like the right now. That's sort of the sweet spot, right? Like it's got a decent amount of range. It's not a huge amount, but it's not like a city block. And it's the, the speeds, middle. it's, it's the and middle. the speeds are noticeably better. And so um, it's better speeds in low band. Yep. Uh, better range than, than high, high band, band, but not the same crazy gigabit speeds right. that right. you'll get with millimeter wave. But I think Japan is like that. I think Korea, from what I understand, has one of the, the more fully fleshed deployments. Like most of, uh, not most, a lot of Seoul is covered in 5G. With, with, with Samsung, Samsung and LG there. there. Yeah, yeah. But, and, the and the fact providers. that it's like they basically needed to connect one city to say, like, we've got a huge pound of the population. So I mean, the Olympics next year will be fascinating to see what they do with 5G. Yeah, that would be the first time you could really do a crazy mass market test with a with a network. Yeah. Just flood it. Yeah, you're right. And one of the big things with 5G is it's supposed to be a lot more efficient and can handle crowds a lot better. So we'll be curious to see how that goes. We'll see if everyone can get their uh, their Instagram feeds up. But yeah, it'll in be inter- <laughs> it will be interesting to see what happens with midband. And there's a lot going on with midband in the United States, which has a relative shortage yeah. of the spectrum available. Yeah. There's a big FCC auction that's supposed to happen next year. AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, they're all 
paying close attention to this. And Other look, players are as well. Th- and this is also why T-Mobile is so desperate to get that sprint deal done because they want that spectrum. Yeah, the mid-band spectrum is the, I guess, beachfront real estate right now. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the missing element for, for T-Mobile's kind of grand 5G plan. Mm-hmm. Is GSM versus CDMA still a thing? With the T-Mobile Sprint merger, will GSM or CDMA win? It is still a thing. CDMA right is now, from still, a legacy perspective. CDMA is still a thing, but it's increasingly becoming less so. Yeah. Um, Sprint still has it. Verizon still has it. But Verizon, you don't need it anymore. Right. If you have like a OnePlus phone, for example, you can use LTE for everything and you're fine. You're, it used to be that like Verizon required you to have a phone on their network that supports LTE, GSM, as well as CDMA, CDMA for their yep. older yep. network. But their LTE network is so robust right now that they don't even need the CDMA support. They're more than fine having you just use LTE. So is CDMA dead? It's not dead. I mean, it's, it's alive in the fact that like folks still need to support it for like legacy aspects. But like if T-Mobile and Sprint seal their deal, like they're going to get that's going to get moved out pretty quickly. I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, Verizon still has millions of people on their yeah. 3G network. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Well, millions, but it's still millions. They still need to kind of keep that supported for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all for 5G, but let's see a full rollout. This is coming from Eric. Uh, but what happened to LTE? And uh, before we go down that path, uh, Matthew's also asking, doesn't Verizon still call their 4G LTE? Yes, uh, LTE and 4G are pretty much synonymous at this yeah. point. Everyone uses 4G LTE. Um, That's what Verizon calls their 4G network. It's yeah. 4G LTE. Right. But the industry, basically. I mean, LTE is 4G at yep. this point, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, that. I think you, you'll see the carriers continue to invest in LTE. That's what the whole AT&T 5GE thing is. It's really what the rest of the industry calls like LTE advanced. It just upgrades to the existing network that make it faster. Um, and so I think that's it's not going away for a long, long time. No, LTE will still be a thing. It'll still get better. It should actually get a lot better with 5G yep. as people start moving over. And there's this new idea called dynamic spectrum sharing or DSS. That is a 5G type technology where it basically will split the network for 5G and 4G automatically, depending on who needs what. Right. So that should improve what you're getting with 4G. Yeah, it's like adding high, uh, highway lanes and then having the lanes kind of switch as, as you need them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. To literally deal with traffic. Yep. Yep. Um, that would be awesome for the LIE. It's like they just also <laughs> like magically three different lanes appeared during traffic. That would be awesome. Not that I deal with rush hour, but whatever. Uh, George Washington Bridge for me. No, that's that's oh, been a nightmare. Yeah. But anyways, we're getting really way too in the weeds <laughs> on New York transit situations. Uh, to answer the question, 4G LTE is still very much a thing. Uh, it still will be a thing for a very foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at some point, it's going to become 5G, but that's not yeah. for an, at least another few years. And keep in mind, these technologies run for about a decade before like the next one shows up. So I mean, 3G, we were just talking about, still yeah, alive. Still and going. That's, and that's yeah, yeah. been since at least early aughts. Right. And even after that decade, when the new technology shows up, it doesn't replace the old one. It just is the new one that sort of sits on top as the old one kind of exists. And they, they all kind of coexist for a while. Because there's so much infrastructure that relies on yep. older technologies yep. that you can't just flip a switch as easy as that would be for some carriers to just say, you know, we're done with this, we're moving on to a new one, and just do a software update and we're good. No. It, that's not how this works. Uh, let's get some clarification on the conversation that's going on in the chat right now. Uh, not too sure, but LTE seems to only support data 
but GSM or CDMA will support cellular. Is that true? Following up to that, Eric clarified that LTE is, in fact, a version of GSM. Can you guys kind of button that up for everybody? Yeah. LTE is a version of GSM. Mm-hmm. Um, GSM is the dominant technology now. CDMA is not. Yeah. Um, we, we can pretty much forget CDMA as far as all this it's goes. It's like a handful here, Mexico, I think some in yeah, South America. It's, 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 it's like very limited. a very small amount of countries. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. is one of them, but even the U.S. hasn't had a CDMA-based technology. Or I guess technically 3G was WCDMA, but that's way too in the weeds. Yeah, yeah. Um, there hasn't been a traditional CDMA technology in a while. Right. Uh, everything is based off of this GSM type of uh, Yeah, and I think the, in terms of the breakdown of like voice versus cellular, I think it was uh, CDMA. And LTE was, can do was, voice. Yeah, it was voice. LTE was voice and data. CDMA like voice and right. data GSM, were like separate GSM things. was voice and data. CDMA could not do voice and data. Which that is was why the whole we, thing when with the iPhone. On, yeah, when you're on the phone, you couldn't like, you couldn't look up something on a browser because it was like one thing only. Like phone Apple had ads for like the iPhone 3GS or iPhone 4 mm-hmm. with AT&T when the, back when that was an exclusive right. AT&T would tout the fact that yep. you can make a phone call while browsing the web on Safari or yep. messaging someone on AIM because this but was that at, long ago. At this point the conversation is a little irrelevant since like every phone has 4G LTE at this point and like can do and all every these carrier things. is doing voice over LTE so yep. they can do voice and data. Yep. All that really has has doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It actually seems like you may have answered this in that previous conversation, but the next question that was coming up was, doesn't HD Voice push calls into the LTE bands? It does. Yeah. HD Voice is mm-hmm. a, I guess, a more data-driven technology. Yeah. It's using LTE. You know, I, I, you, you were talking about not being able to multitask while taking a phone call and, say, going on a browser or something like that. I never thought about that before, but I don't think I was even trying to do things like that with older cell phones like I'm I, as you talk about, it, I was going back through my memory. Like I never noticed that not being a thing. Was I just too stupid and too one mind no. to be like I'm on the phone and that's it? I never tried to browse and never realized that that was a thing. No, BVG, you just cared about the person you were talking to. <laughs> you were just really committed to the conversation, and I that should be that. respected. BVG is a passionate guy. I, I get that he's committed to the conversation. Uh, no, I actually I was very similar because I was a Verizon customer for a long time. I didn't have voice and data. And like, if you didn't have it, then you didn't really miss it. You didn't really think about doing it. I mean, you saw the ads, you're like, yeah, that sounds nice, but whatever. I got used to doing it. As soon as I, as I hopped over to a, a GSM-based phone, I was like, oh, this is nice. I can I can do this now. This And like, it, it was yeah. like a realization. Um, and keep in mind, if you were connected to Wi-Fi, you could do Right, if you had Wi-Fi, you were fine. That's the thing. I yeah. grew up with AT&T as my family's wireless carrier. So I, it's just something I've been doing. Once I've been on a conversation, someone says, you know, how far is it to whatever? I would open up Google Maps and be able to do that while I was on the phone with them. I felt really, really cool. Yeah, that's that's super cool. Yeah. That's so cool. It's just a second. It's just something I was just you do. But yeah, we're, we're fun guys. <laughs> uh, well, what else we got, Brian? Well, we just got a few minutes left, uh, but let's take this one from Michael Brown. When do you think we'll get 5G for home internet or will it ever get that fast and affordable? So there is some now. So Verizon, Verizon has 5G yep. home available in a handful of cities, and they're going to expand. This basically functions as like a Fios type of service where it offers those type of gigabit-like speeds, but those are in markets that you don't have traditional Fios, which is their broadband right. internet service. What is it? Uh, L.A., Sacramento? Indianapolis, Indianapolis. I believe Houston. 
Um, I think Sacramento is one of them as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and even there, like the neighborhoods are super limited. Like I think, I think it's only four, like, five of them right now. Chicago's L- like, one more. In LA, it's like somewhere near Chinatown or something, and it's that's it. Like LA is a big, big city, and it's a really just a handful of areas. So they they kept it pretty limited. I think they they say they're going to expand it. They, but- they told me, and we did a story on this uh, not too long ago when they expanded into Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are planning to expand. Right. This is something that they plan to grow out. Um, but the timeline's still kind of iffy, right? A lot of the things with Verizon's timeline is iffy. Right. They have said they're going to have 30 cities with 5G uh, for mobile in right. 2019. They are currently at 18. They have another 10 on their website, so that gets you to 28, which means that there's 10 cities they have to turn on plus two mystery cities. I mean, they so said that a couple knows? of days. There's half the month left. That's true. They got they. That is very true. Come New Year's Eve. New Get Year's ready Eve for Verizon, that announcement. Verizon's turning on another 12 cities. Uh, but to answer the question about 5G and, and home broadband, it is increasingly becoming a thing. One of the yep. big tenets of T-Mobile merging with Sprint is that they want to offer a home broadband solution. They say they need Sprint's mid-band spectrum to do that. Right. Whether or not they still will do it without it, who knows? They have a 4G LTE trial going on right now, which takes their existing network mm-hmm. and allows you to connect a router to it. Uh, we use Sprint's uh, mid-band 5G here in New York, yep. as I mentioned earlier, to do some type of how does this work? As Could this replace my home broadband? And it did. It worked fine. The one thing that will have to change with a lot of these 5G home technologies are data caps. Mm. So if you're using a mobile network, there's currently no real... Sprint doesn't have a home plan. You're just using their 100 gig data plan, which if you're streaming 4K, yeah, that goes away really through fast. in like a week. Yep. Yep. I watched a half hour movie and I think it was like four gigs, eight gigs. Wow. So not half hour movie is a half hour TV show, comedians in cars getting coffee. Okay. Um, yeah. And it, it just burned through it. Um, as for Verizon, they don't have data caps for their 5G home service. Right. But again, the but service is super it's, limited. It's so limited that, yeah, they can do whatever they want with the test trial. Right. And so. But they uh, are expanding. So they say. So they say. And T-Mobile is already as part of that whole you know, pitch to get this deal done. They they vowed to connect 10 million households with mobile broadband and give them free broadband and give them free broadband. These are these are family low uh, income ha- households. low income houses uh, with children. That's sort of the point, giving them connectivity. But yeah, so that that's that's where they would want to use the 5G for. Here's a good question and a shout out to Camrez, who I don't think I've recognized your name in the chat before. But if you've been there, apologize either way. Welcome to the show, new friend of the show, Camrez. Uh, my question is, uh, do you have any idea if 5G with Li-Fi features will be coming at any point or if there are going to be other similar type options that would be functioning basically like Li-Fi? Like Wi-Fi or Li-Fi? Li-Fi. L-I. Um, I, that is I using light. Sure. I think it's using light for for data transmission. I haven't heard anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. Light Light fidelity. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, I the interesting either. thing I'm curious about in 2020 is we get to these low Earth orbit satellite internet providers. Mm. And a lot of companies have been talking about that. SpaceX is one of them. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays as a possible alternative to cellular or to traditional Wi-Fi. Or or apparently this Li-Fi thing. Or, or so. <laughs> I guess Li-Fi. Which, um, no, we haven't, like in terms of the, the no No the carriers, traditional have, been touting, carriers. Yeah. have been touting Li-Fi. I wouldn't be surprised if some of them are experimenting with it. Sure. Because yeah, yeah. it behooves them to right. experiment with everything. Um, but as far as commercial deployments, I haven't heard anything about Li-Fi. 
I'm not really familiar with Li-Fi. Uh, where does that actually kind of crop up? What where's that being used these days? Uh, it's not. I think it's. I think it's a theoretical technology that's ah, being yeah. explored. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, uh, cameras. If you if you got more information, I think, feel free to... I think Philips is working on it. Um, there are companies that have been experimenting yeah. with it in the home for various things. But, yeah, but but not for like a wide ranging five G no. cellular like technology. Interesting thoughts and process, though, cameras. Uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where that Stumped one stumped us. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, I think that's it for today, everybody. Again, reminder, we've only got two shows left in the 2019 oh. season, tomorrow and Thursday. And uh, we're looking forward to having you for them and then looking forward to, I think, a well-deserved break for us all around the table. And then uh, we'll see you again at CES in uh, early January. But until then, have a great evening, everyone. Thanks for your comments and questions. Invite your friends. We'll see you all tomorrow. Roger. Yeah, hey, we'd appreciate it if you would subscribe and ring the notification bell if you haven't already. So you join us weekday mornings and be part of the show. Also, feel free to head on down to the show, show description where you can find links to today's stories and every place you can subscribe to the audio podcast if you'd rather take the show on the go. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. I'm Eli Blumenthal. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us.